Welcome to this week's episode of BusinessWise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian philosopher and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. Okay, we're in the middle of a series of episodes of BusinessWise on the subject of the administrative scale of importances, L. Ron Hubbard's monumental discovery the subject of management can be defined as a competence with which an administrator defines, aligns, and executes 10 subjects, ranged from the top to the bottom in terms of sequences and importances. And to remind all listeners, and for those of you who are catching the series in the middle, you can listen to this episode even if you're just catching this one, because it will stand by its own, but then I would recommend going back and listening to the earlier episodes on this series on the admin scale. Admin scale is short for administrative scale of importances. So um, as I was saying, to remind you, and, and for those of you who are catching up on this series, Mr. Hubbard defines the admin scale as follows, quote, I have developed a scale for use, which gives a sequence and relative seniority of subjects relating to organization. And then he gives you the scale from top to bottom, goals, purposes, policy, plans, programs, projects, orders, ideal scenes, statistics, valuable final products at the bottom of the scale. This is Mr. Hubbard's words. This scale is worked up and down until it is each item in full agreement with the remaining items. In short, for success, all these items in the scale must agree with all other items in the scale on the same subject, L. Ron Hubbard. Our first episode on the subject addressed the admin scale as a whole, and the next episode addressed the top of the scale, which is goals. And our third episode, we're now on our fourth, but the third episode addressed purposes. But as I said, some of these subjects are really too vast to be covered in one episode, and the subject of purposes truly even though we have covered it a few times already, some very important episodes. I list those in uh, last week's episode, so you can catch up on those if you want to or if you need to. But there is an aspect of purposes that is absolutely critical to your survival and expansion in business and in life. So I'm devoting one more episode to this, and we're going to talk about the subject of failed purposes. Now, it's important to understand that when we use the word survival in the Hubbard Management System or in any reference, I just mentioned the word survival. I said, look, it's critical to your survival and your expansion, business and in life. But you got to understand that when we're using the word survival in the Hubbard Management System or in reference to any of Mr. Hubbard's works on the mind or on the human spirit, we use it in accordance to the following definition from Mr. Hubbard, which is in his book, Science of Survival. And the definition is as follows, quote, survival is understood to be the basic single thrust of life through time and space, energy and matter, end quote. So Mr. Harbour discovered this is a common denominator of all life, the common denominator of all life. And this was the great discovery of Mr. Harbour that led to all else for his own statements. Now, you can observe that survival, if you regard it as above, can operate at different levels. We could say that a homeless man, for instance, who has learned how to sustain himself with scraps of food and alcohol through foraging for tin cans, 
and that can be exchanged for a few bucks. He's surviving, still alive. But one would not compare this level of survival to an individual who has established himself, job, that pays decent wages, and supports his home and his family, more or less. So that individual would obviously appear to be at least surviving better than the bum in the street. We would assume such. But uh, now we could take that individual and we could have his survival compared to, an, uh, to another guy who, or woman who's pursuing their passion in life and achieving not only material success, but the achievement of objectives that are leading to positive effects for their family, for their group, for the world, for mankind. You follow me? The latter possibly derives greater pleasure from their day-to-day life and activity as they are striving for and achieving something meaningful to them, whereas the guy with the, quote, good job, end quote, in the house, while that all seems okay from the outside, might be consuming as much alcohol as a bum in the street or some other form of mind-numbing drug or activity. How well is he surviving in actual fact if he has to resort to such things? I've helped people with quite a bit of material wealth, fish their kids out of jail or get their bodies well through a long bout with a near incurable disease or sometimes not. There may be a bit more to survival than meets the eye, in other words. But you get the idea. It is a gradient scale and some are surviving better than others. And evidently, one cannot only measure this survival by the size of their house or the number of cars or boats they have. You can't just measure it that way, as tempting as it is. And I think we all innately know that. So how can one measure survival? How can one measure success? Mr. Hubbard once stated in his inspirational article, my only defense for having lived, it's not that easy to come by, but if you can ever get a chance to read it, you should. But I'll take this quote from there. He says, quote, the only tests of a life well-lived are, did he do what he intended? And were people glad he lived? L. Ron Hubbard. Now, if this is indeed the test of a life well-lived, and you can look it over for yourself and decide if it's true or not, but if this is indeed the test of a life well-lived, I would say that it is important to know what it is you intend to do in this life. We've covered this in detail on an earlier episode, episode 50 of volume one, which is titled How to Find Your Basic Purpose, which if you haven't listened to it, it may be one of the most important episodes we ever recorded. But anyway, episode 50, volume one, How to Find Your Basic Purpose. Clearly, if you want to be successful, it is very important that you know with great clarity what it is you intend to do. In other words, what it is that you're going to be successful at. What are the objectives or the purpose, you might say, that you are going to strive to accomplish through all the barriers and overcome all the pitfalls and so forth and strive towards? What is it? In other words, what is your basic purpose? And all too often, I find individuals are unable to answer that question. And I ask that question of a lot of folks. What is your basic purpose? The reason I ask that question is because I'm often asked like, you know, well, what do you think I should do this? Do you think I should do that? What do you think is going to monitor whether you should do something or not? You know, here's this great business opportunity, for instance. Yeah, it sounds like a great opportunity. Does it align to your basic purpose? What is your basic purpose? Do you really want to go off on some, quote, opportunity, end quote, that doesn't actually line up with what you're trying to achieve in this life? If those are the tests of a life well lived, you know, did he do what he intended? And this opportunity, quote unquote, doesn't align with what you intend to do. Do you think you should do that? 
I don't know. I mean, it's your call, obviously, but you know, no one can live your life for you, but it pays, in other words, to really know what is your basic purpose. So as I say, you know, I've asked this of many people and, um, you know, they probably knew at one time, perhaps they knew at one time, when they were five, six, they had a general idea that they wanted to achieve something. They wanted to pull human bodies out of danger. That sounds so exciting, you know. Let's save people out of burning buildings or something. Or My hero! Or maybe they wanted to uplift the world with song or create a miracle cure that would make everyone happy. All these quote, childish dreams, end quote. But thankfully, we were persuaded to pursue a more sensible, practical thing, like getting a degree and working for some soulless company that pays a good wage. You know, you can always do your purpose thing. You know, you can always make a cure for cancer kind of on the side or something, you know, whatever. You get the idea. Is that survival, really? I don't know that I would call it. I don't know that Mr. Hubbard would call it that. But let's face it, pursuing our dreams is kind of tough, isn't it? Almost any dream is. But the bigger the dream, the bigger the barriers, it seems. But we can also argue the bigger the rewards as well, couldn't you? Those rewards usually add up to material comfort, strangely enough. I I see people pursuing their basic purpose. They don't seem to want for material things. Maybe they're not super wealthy, but evidently that's not part of their basic purpose to be Supremely wealthy, you know, but they seem to be able to pull things together and be quite comfortable. I've noticed that, but not always. Sometimes it's very uncomfortable to achieve one's basic purpose. That happens too. But uh, I have found that it certainly adds up to satisfaction when one is pursuing one's basic purpose and the firm knowledge that one has conducted a life well lived. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, I'm speaking very ideologically here. And that no man can live on the satisfaction of achieving their goals and purposes alone. But I really, I really do beg to differ. And I am in a unique position where I can view the lives of over 2,000 wise members and I observe what I observe. Happiness and satisfaction goes to those who are true to their goals and purposes. Period. What good is all the material wealth to a man confined to a wheelchair or a drug rehab? because he is effectively punishing himself for coming off of his basic purpose. I've seen it. And so have you. Okay. Enough of the dark stuff. Let's talk about the bright (laughs) sunny side of purposes achieved of following what Mr. Hubbard defines as the basic formula of living, which is, and I quote, this is covered in the earlier episode I referenced. I quote, having and following a basic purpose. I'll run Hubbard. Now, If that's the basic formula of living, and if you inspect that, you probably will see that it's true. You'll see that those who are passionate, those who have a purpose, those who know where they're going and what they're intending to achieve, there's aliveness in them. You know, they're not always winning, but even when they're losing, there's something kind of cool about it. You know, it's like, okay, I got licked that time, but I'm going back at it, you know, and it's, it's intense and it's wonderful. And, uh, sometimes people are quite enviable of guys like that or girls like that who are taking their lumps, but they just there's something that just drives them no matter what. And this sort of is a good segue because in order to achieve a purpose, any purpose, never mind your basic purpose, one must learn to contend with something called a failed purpose. 
Now, if you don't immediately get the concept of a fail purpose, I would dare say you haven't done a lot of living yet, or you're superhuman. That's possible. But we've all had them, haven't we? We sought to win a championship, uh, create an intimate relationship with someone maybe, and got rejected, get a promotion, buy a certain house, and then discovered at some point that we're just, we're not going to achieve that purpose. We're not going to get there. We aren't going to make it. Seldom in these scenarios are we exuberant about it, are we? we? We don't like, oh, well, you know, got my butt kicked that time. Wow, that was awesome. No, you get a, a fail purpose. There tends to be a despondency, you might say, uh, slothful, tired. You know, we, we have, quote, given up. We realized our, our dreams were too high, our ambitions too great, and so we settled for something else, something more practical. Let's leave the glory of achievement to those special people who seem invulnerable to failure. No, <laughs> no, they're not invulnerable to failure. These people, we watch in awe as they relentlessly move forward to achieve their goals. And these people are unfortunately quite rare these days. Doesn't have to be that way, but they are. But whether they realize it or not, if they are still ticking, if they're still moving forward, they have learned how to deal with, quote, failure, end quote. If you want to call it failure. Now, I don't want to call it failure at all because these people are not failing. Maybe, you know, they're dealing with something, but they're just keeping on going. How could you call that failure? That would be a misnomer. They're not failing. They're dealing with something towards what they're ultimately seeking to achieve. So we don't have to call it failure. What's failure? Okay, failure is what results from a failed purpose. So now. We're going to get into this. This article I'm going to be reading from comes from January of 1969. I don't have the exact day here, but it's January of 1969. And in here, he presents a couple of laws. And Mr. Hubbard states in this article the following, quote, stops all occur because of failed purposes. That's law number one. Law number two, behind every stop, there is a failed purpose. L. Ron Hubbard. These are the two laws. So think about that for a moment, okay? Let's just say you are in a room and there are three men in the room with you and there's one door out and you are trying to get through that door. You're trying to leave the room and the three men there are telling you you can't leave, okay? So you try, you know, dealing with them physically. You try arguing with them. You try, you know, talking sense to them, whatever you do. Finally, at some point, you go into a corner, sit on a chair, and decide, I'm not getting out. I'm not, I'm not going to get through that door. Here's a question I want you to ask yourself. Who stopped you? See, if you look at it, you immediately got the right answer, I'm sure, just as I asked that question. Ultimately, you stopped yourself. Why? Because you're the only person who can. You can keep trying and keep trying and keep trying endlessly. You'll probably outlast those guys, right? If you just decide. I will never lose this purpose to leave this room. The only thing that can stop you is your own failed purpose. You get that? You're trying to achieve something in your life. You're trying to uh, achieve a championship level of performance in, in music or in sports. Analyze it. If you've ever had a purpose like that and you stop, if you analyze it, you will observe that there was a point there where you had a failed purpose because Behind every single stop, there is a failed purpose. You're the only person who can stop yourself. And the only way you stop yourself is you decide to take a failed 
purpose. Okay? So that's the law. Those are two laws. And you, you should probably do a little a homework assignment on this. Just look at everything that you stop. Anything. A course you did. Uh, a goal you had. A person you wanted to connect with. There's a failed purpose behind there if you stop. Okay? Now, it gives you another law. This is, again, all in capital letters. He says, there is a law about this. All you have to do to restore life. Remember the connection between purpose and life. He says, there is a law about this. All you have to do to restore life and action is to rekindle the failed purpose. The stops will at once blow. Ron Hubbard. Now, this is pretty true. You, you can demonstrate this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some more mechanics on this in a minute from Mr. Hubbard, but even just in the last couple of minutes, as we've been talking about failed purposes and we've been talking about stops, I wouldn't be in the least bit surprised if you were listing out a few of your stops and spotted the failed purpose that you didn't already feel a bit of a rekindling, didn't you? Like, oh, you know what? Maybe I should pick up that violin again. Or maybe I should start up with the piano again. Or why, you know, why did I stop skiing or, you know, working on building my own business or this enterprise that I had a passion for that I just walked away from? You know, it would be kind of fun to get going into that again. I wouldn't be surprised if even just discussing the subject and giving you some truth and data on that, that there hasn't been a little bit of a rekindling of that purpose. But maybe there wasn't because it's not always going to happen just like that. But you will observe, once the purpose is rekindled, stops are gone. I'm grabbing my violin right now, or I'm going back and taking those lessons again, or I'm, I'm going to start up that business on the side while I'm doing this dumb job I'm doing. I'm going to start it up again on the side here. The stop could have blown right there, or maybe not, because I'm going to give you now from Mr. Hubbard the exact mechanics of what happens. So he says, that law is so powerful, it would practically revive the dead. It applies to organizations. It applies to cities or nations. You've got a massive failed purpose going on in this country right now. People are just, they're not fighting for freedom like they used to. It's like, you know, there are some that are. And hopefully that purpose is getting rekindled further and further throughout uh, our society. But uh, yeah, you see a stop of freedom. You're going to know what that comes from. It's going to come from a failed purpose to have freedom or to fight for freedom. Anyway, I digress as I'm inclined to do. But let's go back onto Mr. Hubbard's article here. And he gives you a very accurate description of what in fact is happening when you take a failed purpose. He says this, quote, when you diverge from a constructive purpose to, quote, stop attacks, end quote, the purpose has been abandoned. Okay, what I want you to do, if you are not driving or something, grab a piece of paper, put a goal there, just a circle. Okay, and draw an arrow from left to right going towards that circle. That's the drive, the purpose to achieve. That circle represents that purpose, right? Maybe that is to be a professional dancer, to uh, uplift others through movement or something along those lines. And you're like, oh, I haven't danced in a while. or So yeah, no, I, I came to my senses and now I'm not pursuing that. I got this dumb job now instead. So uh, yeah, you know, now you go, okay. Well, what happened? 
you are going in that direction. That arrow represents your drive or motivation to go in the direction of the purpose. You are on your purpose line, you could say. Now, let's put an X above the line, and that represents an attack. What's that attack? It could be a number of things. It could be economics, like you're going broke. You're starving to death. You haven't been able to get any gigs. You're trying to make a career. You know, you're on Broadway. You're trying to get into a show, and uh, you've been waiting on tables. And you know what? You decide you've waited on tables long enough, and you're getting too old. So now I'm going to go back to school and get a degree and, you know, woof woofs, which I have very little interest in, but, you know, my dad always told me woof woof is a great profession. I ought to get into woof woof. So you start studying to be a woof woof, whatever. And then you go and you do woof woofs. And meanwhile, what, you know, that purpose is parked on a shelf somewhere. What was the attack? I, I don't want to tell you that your dad is your source of an attack or economics could be. It's sometimes a few things. And it's not always that the attack is intentional. Sometimes it really is. Wake up and be aware of that fact. But whatever you're heading in the direction of that purpose. And here comes this, these economic exigencies, these economic necessities, these, you know, got rent to pay. I got the landlord as a source of attack because he wants his rent. Now you, you diverge. I'm no longer pursuing that purpose. I am now redirecting my energy where? To the attack. You see how that would be? What happened to the purpose? It's been abandoned. You get a stop. I'm going to build this business. I'm going to, you know, I'm really into uh, construction. I love building homes. I love making people happy through the construction of homes. I'm going to do this. And, but you never learn the technology of how to build a business. You learn the technology of carpentry or construction, but never learn the, uh, the technology of business. So there you are failing, failing, failing. You hire people and they quit. You hire people, they quit. And then they rob you blind. That's an attack. Now, you diverge from that purpose. I'm going to build this enterprise. Now you're swinging over. Oh, I'm just going to stop the attacks. I'm going to go work for somebody else. Why? Because I don't, I don't want to deal with these attacks anymore. What happened to the purpose, man? Got abandoned, right? So he says, and I'll just repeat here now, when you diverge from a constructive purpose to, quote, stop attacks, end quote, the purpose has been abandoned. You get a stop. Then he tells you what to do. He says, the real way to stop attacks now, listen to this, because you're not going to like this. Yeah, maybe you will, but I'm going to tell you, here's the exact mechanic from Mr. Hubbard, how the correct way to stop attacks. And if you can do this, you have infinite survival ahead of you. Infinite survival, because survival can always be increased. And this, we always reach this juncture where we have to make a decision. We're going in the direction of our purpose, but we have this attack and what do we do now? I feel like I have to diverge from it to stop the attack, at least temporarily. Sometimes it's, quote, temporarily, but you ever notice there ain't no such thing as temporary, as my construction manager once told me? No, you've stopped. You've created a stop. And once, you know, things that keep going tend to keep going. Things that are stopped tend to remain stopped. That's kind of the law of inertia. Don't stop. <laughs> what I'm saying, you're going in this direction of building this company, but you've got all these issues with personnel and finding good people and promotion and sales, they're terrible at sales. He says the real way to stop attacks is to widen one's zone of responsibility and pour the coal on the purpose. There's your formula. Look, you've got an attack over there. You can't ignore it. So we're taking responsibility for the purpose, but now we have the attacks. All right. Let's take responsibility for the attack. I mean, that's easier anyway, because the purpose is kind of high flown. I don't know if we're ever going to make it really. 
Let's just handle economics. I'll just go get a crummy job and that's what we'll do. That's easy. Did we widen our zone of responsibility or did we reduce it? Do you follow? This was too much responsibility. I'm therefore going to reduce my level of responsibility and just handle the economics. Keep the food on the table. Keep paying the rent. That's what I'm going to do. I'll get back to the business some other time. That I never, that other time never comes until you hopefully get your purpose rekindled. Maybe you're listening to this episode. But he's saying, Mr. Hubbard is saying that the correct way to deal with it is to widen one's scope. I'm still taking responsibility for my purpose. But you know what? I better start taking responsibility for learning what the heck I'm doing as a business owner. Maybe I ought to start studying management. Maybe I better learn how marketing works. Maybe I better get a couple of salesmen and Have them train me to sell so I know how to sell or I can train other salespeople. What are you doing now? You're widening your scope. You're You're widening your zone of responsibility. But not only are you doing that, you know what else you're doing? You're growing. You're growing as a person, as a being, because you will grow to the degree that you are cause. And you are cause to the degree that you are willing to take responsibility and own the responsibility for not just the purpose, don't reduce that at all, but widen it to include what you're now having being tempted to diverge to handle. You know, let's say you're working for an organization, you love the organization, but you can't work for your boss. You know, your your specific manager is just driving you crazy. So you're going to quit. You're going to walk away from your purpose. Why? Because I can't stand this environment anymore. I can't deal with it. I am a victim of it. In other words, I am not cause over it. And you know why I'm not cause over it? Because I'm not responsible for it. What if you said, you know what? How can I be responsible for my boss? How can I be responsible for the culture in this company so that it's actually kind of fun here? Because I love what the company stands for. I love where we're going. I love the purpose of the organization. I love the purpose of this movement. Maybe it's a volunteer movement that you're involved in and it has a worthwhile cause and you're fighting for that cause and you're fighting for that cause, but it's tough, man. Try to do something worthwhile in this world, you may as well put a target on your forehead and one on your back. We already know this. History shows that. So you just take the good with the bad. I'm going to go in this direction no matter what and figure out how I can be cause over those things instead of a victim of those things. And I can do that. Why? How? What Mr. Hubbard says here is formula, widening one's zone of responsibility and pouring the coal on the purpose. You know what? This is just making me more determined that I am going to achieve this. And I'm growing bigger because now I can take responsibility for my boss. Now I can take responsibility for the hiring of this joint and the marketing and the sales. And man, I am getting big, dude. You're getting big. And that's what happens when you apply this formula and you don't lose sight of your purposes. And he wraps this up by saying, thus, is Starboard's words, thus all attacks one makes should be in all capital letters, the direction of enlarging one's scope and augmenting basic purpose. L. Ron Hubbard. There's the answer. If you really learn this and really apply it and are willing to take the knocks and been willing to widen your scope of responsibility or your zone of responsibility, you will win, win, win. You will grow. I'm talking spiritually. I don't mean you're going to get that. I just mean you're going to grow as a being. 
and you'll be more and more and more causative. And there isn't any real easier way to do it. There's ways to deal with yourself, uh, to make yourself better able to deal with those sorts of things. Obviously, training, education, you can move yourself along spiritually so that you're stronger and more yourself. There's a lot of things you can do. But in the final analysis, your success in achieving basic purpose or any purpose lies in the ability and willingness to widen one's zone of responsibility to include the attacks, the things that are coming that are knocking you off that purpose without taking away from the purpose you're seeking to achieve. In fact, augmenting it, pouring the coals on it. And that's the simple, if somewhat gruesome answer. But as gruesome as it might sound, uh, speaking for those who never lose sight of their basic purpose, it's phenomenal. It's the only way to live. That is the only way to live. It's the only way that you, in the final analysis, will look back on your life and say, yes, I passed that test. I passed the true test of a life well lived. I did what I intended. And others, as a consequence, are very glad that I lived. And there you have it. All right, well, uh, this again was a longer episode, but I warned you when we were going to cover the admin scale that some of these would be a little bit longer, some subjects we'd have to revisit, but I hope you got uh, as much out of this episode as I intended to deliver to you. Thank you very much for listening. That wraps it up for purposes. Next week, we tackle the subject of policy. That will probably take two episodes as well, but I hope you're enjoying this series. We certainly have a lot of listeners uh, tuning in to this series on the admin scale pass it along to your friends if you feel like it and leave us your comments uh, write us at info at and uh, we will talk to you again next week on policy